Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. To the podcast with uh, me, your host Sebastian Sloven, and with me, co-host Sonia Mohammed. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you. Okay, awesome. You know it's exciting. We have made it to part three of three, the final segment of our three-part series on lost <laughs> connections during COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. And um, in today's episode, we are going to talk about connection with self. How that's been impacted by the situation we're in and again what are some ways recommendations resources to improve connection with self before we get into the content though any updates yeah uh one, updates. one main update it's official and we've got our event page up for our family leadership adventure in joshua tree this fall it is so nice to be planning a trip again in the outdoors it with is people. exciting yeah um, so it's going to be in September, September 18th through 20th, and that's a Friday through Sunday. We're teaming up with our friends from Kieran Leadership, and we're going to unplug from our devices uh, for the whole weekend, and we're going to come together, and we're going to do some adventure, some leadership development, and um, just some general fun for the whole family, you know? Um, you know, and I didn't really get what the hype was about Joshua Tree until I went there the first time. Uh, was that your similar to your experience? It's like really great. I just sort of thought like, yeah, okay, cool, Joshua Tree, whatever. And then I went and I was like, whoa. You know, I went to Joshua Tree, I think, when I was quite young. Uh-huh. So I have a different experience of it. It is magical. But yeah. it doesn't. maybe it doesn't sound that magical if you've never been there. Yeah. I think I just thought of like foresty, like national parks as foresty always and like a desert place didn't seem as interesting. And then I went and it was like stunning. It's nuts. Yeah. And the Joshua Trees are so like bizarre and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, some trip highlights include starting out each day with scenic hikes through varied landscapes. Uh, We're going to teach you about the complex ecosystem in Joshua Tree, mostly um, Sebastian, not so much me, (laughs) and Abigail and Knight. Um, You'll get to do some family navigation challenges with real-time feedback. We'll work to uh, reestablish a commitment to wellness and development with guided reflection and goal setting. Lots of fun stuff. And we also want to make sure you understand that like backcountry doesn't mean bad food. It's not just like granola for breakfast and rice and beans for dinner. We've got some awesome stuff on the menu and um, delicious ingredients and opportunities for you to come together with your family and, and make some cool campfire meals. But so that's the main the main update for today. Great. Yeah. Okay, looking forward to that. You can get more information and there's the, the event page is live on our website, natureunplugged.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before jumping into, uh, you know, the real deal, let's do a quick recap. Because if people missed the last two episodes of this three-part series, I highly recommend checking them out because there's going to be some common threads throughout. But basically, you know, we're looking at the various connections that have been impacted by COVID-19 and ways to enhance them. And we really focused in the first episode, we looked specifically at our connections with others, friends, family, community has been impacted by quarantine and being more isolated. And we talked about all sorts of ways to enhance those connections and keep connections alive, whether that's through virtual or, you know, social distancing, hangouts. 
Uh, and in the, the last episode, last week, we talked about lost connections with nature and really talked about how, how, to, how that impacts us and how nature is such an awesome resource, a multivitamin, if you will, for the immune system, for just wonderful all around. And talked about all sorts of different ways, creative ways to connect with nature, even if you are, you know, have maybe limited access to nature right now. And that brings us to today, the finale. Exciting. Connection to self. Interesting. So let's start, be, let's begin with just chatting a little more about the problem, you know. Uh, you know what does it mean? Um, you know, so, so let's just start with this. People are experiencing this uh, situation very differently. We've talked about this before. Some people are totally isolated and they maybe have, and they maybe lost their job or their job has been impacted and they have a ton of time. Some people um, maybe have zero time. They have kids that are normally at school that are not in school, and now they're in, a, in addition to doing their job, they're teachers and full-time caretakers. Uh, so we understand that the situation varies. Um, but I think regardless of if you have zero time or a lot of time, um, one of the things that's being impacted here is like our loss of connection with ourselves. Yeah. Well, I was, yes. I mean, I think that's a really important point to make because uh, I've been, I, I continue to be reminded and sort of stunned with how differently um, this feels for different people. And even for myself, like I'll sort of have my mindset of what this experience has been and the stressors for me. And then I'll talk to a friend or a family member and it's just like a totally different world for them. So I think that's like an important point to continue making because I think we tend to get in our bubbles or just sort of with our immediate friends and sort of forget how incredibly diverse this experience is for folks. Right, right. So so what does it mean to connect with self? So it's kind of a vague term or, yeah. you know, some people may be like, oh, that totally makes sense to me. And some people may be like, what does that mean? I don't get it. How do I connect with myself? Um, and so we just want to talk about this so we're all on the same page. And when we're talking about connecting with self, we're really talking about creating the time and the space to really check in with yourself, to ask yourself, um, you know, how you're doing, how you're feeling. And this could be like checking in with your body, your physical body. How does my body feel? Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling calm? Am I feeling what you know, whatever it may be. Basically, just asking yourself, how am I doing? And that can you know, take a variety of forms. Um, yeah. So talking about taking a step back, getting in touch with how we're feeling physically, mentally, emotionally. I think the, the there's a lot of benefits to this, but you know one of the biggest benefits is this allows you then to get in touch with you know what you can do about it, what solutions to mm-hmm. kind of step into. Um, you know I want to share this because I think it is super relevant to this, and you know some of my experiences with um, practicing yoga for a long time, and I was a yoga instructor, still am a yoga instructor, but I've been teaching yoga for a long time, and one of the interesting things for me with my experience of of getting into yoga and making that a, like a regular practice was sort of this idea that I could, I was able to catch things, physical things much earlier than I did before I previously had been able to. So for example, like, uh, you know, it could be that before, uh, before doing yoga regularly, all of a sudden I just would get, you know, kind of a random headache in the evening here and there. And I think what was interesting is that you start to with this practice of self-awareness, 
you can start to notice maybe the signs that a headache's coming on much, much sooner. So maybe it's like, you know, I could notice tension in my shoulders or tension in my jaw or neck and check in and be like, something's going on. What do I do about this? And make some changes, whether that's doing a little stretch or taking a little walk. It can look different uh, for different people. But it was a really interesting thing to be able to catch it way sooner. And I think that's really what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think also on that same line of thinking, uh, you know, perhaps you don't catch it. I think this we're also talking about the capacity to like reflect on it, being like, wow, I've got this crazy headache. I wonder what caused it and sort of explore you know, what maybe was going on that day. Um, and think about like how you could adjust it the next day, or if you get headaches a couple days in a row and you can isolate this like one thing you've added in that may be causing it. So it's it's I think ideal to be preventative with it, but then also useful to just pause when you notice something like that's happening, and give yourself space to think about it and reflect and and consider what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I also wanted to add um, just sort of like another way to think about this is you know, again, depending on what's going on for us, um, it's like real easy to get like super zoomed in on the tasks of the day or like super zoomed out and sort of worry about um, the future, et cetera. Um, And so it's helpful, it's helpful to just, uh, to not spend too much time in either of those spaces. Like if we spend forever super zoomed in, we don't have like space for ourselves. And if we stay too zoomed out, we're like sort of in a vortex Mm. of craziness. Interesting, I like that. Okay, so when you're connected to yourself, what does that look like exactly? And, you know, there are tons of options here and a lot of different ways to to connect with ourselves. Um, So this can be through, you know, physical activities, exercise, um, running, walking, yoga, tai chi, qigong, all that kind of stuff. Um, It can be through something like journaling, reflective journaling, meditation, prayer, um, time in nature, one of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Like music, you know, some people, that's a great way to they, they either play, like listen to music or play music. Um, and I think, so while there's a lot of options out there, for us, I think one of the, the best ways to do this is through some sort of practice of mindfulness. And, uh, you know, can be kind of a nebulous term. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hip right now. A lot of people talking about mindfulness. We've talked about it before. It's really kind of a core piece of what we're all about. But just so that we're all on the same page, you know, in case you're like, you know, what is this? It seems sort of vague and fuzzy. Um, We want to go with, we're going to define mindfulness using the definition from John Kabat-Zinn. He's one of the kind of leading mindfulness researchers, creator of mindfulness-based stress reduction, which we'll talk about later. But his definition of mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. Good definition. Good one. It's a good definition. Lots out there. And, and, you know, so it's basically, let's break that down a little bit. It's basically intentionally being in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Recognizing that there is no other moment that we actually experience. Right? We never experience tomorrow uh, as tomorrow. It just is the present moment. Yep. And so the experience, like... Otherwise, it is a projection into the future. Mm-hmm. It's a mental image of what tomorrow is going to look like mm-hmm. or a memory of what yesterday looked like or the past. So we're oftentimes projecting into the future, remembering the past. Mindfulness is sort of this recognition that the practice is that this is all we really have. Mm-hmm. Bring your attention here. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's sort of how I would sum it up too, is that, you know, your, your body's in the present moment, your mind may be elsewhere. And so it's trying to get your mind and body aligned in the, in the now and not the tomorrow or the yesterday. Um, and then also for me, I think of it a lot in terms of, am I being like intentional and thoughtful about how I'm spending my time? Right. Yeah. 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 It's an intentional mm-hmm. sort of practice. Exactly. And, um, you know, there are there is a lot, a lot of research. There sure is. There's a lot of research on mindfulness. So it's 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 no maybe it you know, it was I think a lot of people had this view of it for a long time that it was a sort of like you know, kind of like uh woo woo, like Eastern philosophy, if you weren't into that, it just, you know, it was kind of fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the person we mentioned earlier who uses definition, John Cabot Zinn, um, he created in the late seventies a program, an eight-week program called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, which was a way basically to take a lot of these concepts that were, it's basically, you know, a lot of it is kind of coming from Eastern philosophy, but really present in a lot of ancient practices. So it's nothing new that he created, but it was basically a way to put it into a system or a program that you could really step back and objectively study whether this was effective or not. Mm-hmm. So this eight-week program you know, walks you through the basics of mindfulness. You do all sorts of different practices. We've done it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And, um, but basically the point is what came out of mindfulness-based stress reduction uh, is a ton of research showing that, you know, all sorts of different things from stress reduction to the ability to heal to, um, you know, all sorts of stuff, performance, there, there is uh, strong data and research around it. So we're gonna, we're not gonna dive into the the research too much here, but we will include links to some resources in the show notes if you want to jump into it. UCSD, we're in San Diego here, Sonia yeah. and I, but University of California at San Diego has a wonderful mindfulness program. We'll uh, we'll link it to UCSD. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention a little bit more about our experience going through the MB- MBSR program um, because it really it really is about giving you like tools and tangible ways to use mindfulness to reduce stress. So it's like it, it was interesting because before I had done that, I, I did sort of think of mindfulness as this like nice thing to do that's like good for you sort of, um, but it was debatable and then uh, going through the MBSR program really helped illustrate to me that there was like a lot of science and data behind it and some very like tangible ways to put this into practice to get you know good outcomes for your health and well-being yeah excellent mbsr check it out we can link to that too yep oh yeah we will um so a little bit about that's a little bit about kind of mindfulness and again mindfulness is really this at the core it's a wonderful way to connect with self and um Let's talk about ways to, of putting this into practice. Good idea. How do you put this into practice? What That's do you the do? Question, That's yeah. the question of the day. So, um, you know, in the beginning, we mentioned some different ways to kind of like connect with self. One of them was through connecting with the body. And in particular, you know, that can be through sports or exercise. But I, I really want to highlight there are practices that are really wonderful kind of like combinations of self connection and physical practice. And those are things like yoga, you know, stretching can be the same thing, tai chi, qigong, um, you may be familiar with those or maybe not, but it's, it's basically, you know, really 
intentional movements, getting in touch with your body, how you're feeling. And the ben- the cool thing is that you get, you know, stronger, more flexible, better balance at the same time. Um, you know, there's also all, all sorts of things to do without moving, you know, like that can be a body scan. So paying attention to your body for a set amount of time, any sort of mindfulness meditation, also self-reflection. We love one of our personal favorites, spending time in nature by yourself if you can. So this is a great time to connect with nature, connect with self. And um, those are those are some options. But yeah. I have a question, though. Mm-hmm. Follow up question to my own question. Mm hmm. Let's say you might be you might be uh, th- listening to this thinking, oh, this sounds great. Um, however, I'm in a situation right now where I've got three kids, got a job, my uh, partner has a job. We've got zero time to do this. What do you say? Me personally, what do I say to that? What do you say to that? <laughs> yeah. What I, do we say to that? Yeah, we say, or I say, um, Sometimes the easiest way to find a little bit of extra time for yourself is um, to do that first thing in the morning or right before you go to bed. So that's like an opportunity to maybe have a a quick little routine, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And when you wake up, when you go to bed, that's just for you. And and you implement implement whatever practice works best. Maybe it's like sitting outside with a glass of water, a cup of coffee in the morning or before bed. Um, Coffee before bed? Well, not before bed, in the morning. Water before bed. Yeah, that was radical. Um, Take it easy. Yeah. Um, Or it could just be like, you know, sitting, finding some space that's, you know, confined or protected. And and that's why nature is sometimes so great. Like if you're able to do a quick five minute walk just to not be so available. Um, Obviously, this would be something you arrange with your partner. If it's like more in the middle of the day, uh, maybe do like an exchange where you do 15, you get 15 minutes to yourself and then, you know, your partner gets 15 minutes to self and the other one sort of holds down the fort uh, to make that happen. Right. And I think, I think there could be, you know, I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And there are also opportunities to, to practice this connection with self mindfulness with really day to day routine tasks. Mm -hmm. And I think this is also a great way if you kind of, if you're in that boat where you have like zero time, you know, setting us, creating a practice around doing something like the dishes where you're fully 100% focused on doing the dishes. You're feeling the water. You're noticing the sounds, the smells. It's it becomes a completely it becomes a mindfulness practice. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do this with driving. You can do it with you know taking the dog for a walk or taking the kids for a walk. Whatever, you know, there're a lot of ways to I think piecemeal in um, a practice if you don't have like the longer period of time to do like a, a full yoga session or a longer mindfulness practice. Right. And I think it's tempting to, when you go for a walk or do the dishes to like, you know, put on a podcast or call somebody and talk. And that's like nice and fine. Um, but if that's potentially your only opportunity to get some silence and some space for yourself, like maybe, you know, decide not to turn on the podcast that day or. Yeah. Or it. Yeah, yeah, like finding a balance, right? Like, because I think there's a time when mm-hmm. you may just need to like listen to music or yeah. like listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. But that's a great. I think it's a really good distinction between, you know, these these types of practices of connecting with self that we're talking about, are really clearly, um, they're not avoidance. Right. It's presence versus avoidance. Yeah. So, and not saying that that there's no place for avoidance, maybe kind of too extreme, but like 
right? Just listening to uh, a song you love or whatever, or, or rocking out to tunes or listening to a podcast. That's like, that could be a really necessary piece of this. Mm-hmm. But I think balanced with some time to check in, because I think what we, you know, what happens, what we know from ourselves and, and a lot of our clients we talk to is that, especially right now, it's easy to get into a phase where you're just going from like thing to thing to thing to thing and there's really very little check-in. Mm-hmm. And so how does that, how is the check-in, you know, it needs to happen um, or it's really going to benefit you if it happens and how is that going to work for you? Yeah. So how does it work for you? How does it work for me? So that's a great question. You know, I really love the kinesthetic stuff. I'm like, I love movement. It's been part of my part of my world for a long time so I, the the ways that it most I, I most I most easily connect uh, to myself and do my mindfulness practice is do some sort of like moving meditation so that could be yoga that's kind of my regular thing I love the foam roller I have the foam roller I consider that a bit of a mindfulness practice as well um, walking uh, and walking running exercising in nature is kind of the other one I'll say my number one thing is probably surfing. Can't do that all the time, and that definitely takes more time. But that's if I can get out in the water, uh, especially kind of on a uncrowded an uncrowded place. Solo time in nature for me is is like top top notch. What about you? Yeah, um, one of the things that's worked really well for me is we've um, we started doing these morning walks. Um, and it just forces me not to like jump straight into my day and my to-do list, which has been really useful. And so the morning walk is unplugged for me. You know, like I don't bring anything outside with me. It's usually with Sebastian. And uh, we do our best not to like talk about work. We can talk about other things, um, but try not to get too into like a planning or operating mode and just have some time to experience the walk. And uh, I I really resonate with sort of like the... The dish, like doing the dishes and stuff like that. Um, I usually am not like psyched necessarily to do the dishes, but uh, when I am doing them, I find it quite relaxing if I can just sort of get into the groove of cleaning. And uh, it's nice. It's like a nice change from the day. It also, you know, gets me on my feet on a day that's usually filled with computer time, etc. Um, and then I've also just been noticing that I've been feeling more like frazzled lately, like just. Uh, more easily sort of overwhelmed and really trying to like notice that when it's happening quick more quickly and then like take a break and go do something else whether it's a walk or um you know sitting outside for a little bit in the backyard you know something to sort of disrupt that pattern and like sort of move out of that space to like catch it sooner and like process it and move on yeah so those are those are my things right now for me that's great yeah thanks for sharing of course lots of options um, you know what time it is? Time to wrap it up. Ooh, challenge time. Well, no, before oh. challenge, I just thought we'd kind of um, do a little synopsis. Oh, We did one idea. at the beginning. Good idea, yeah, yeah. But I think then, again, just big takeaways, big picture view, zoomed out view. Bottom line is, you know, we are hardwired as humans for connection. And the three areas of connection we focused on, and we focus on a lot in our work, as the concept of connecting with others, human connection, mm-hmm. connection with the world around us, connection with nature, connection with ourselves, connection with ourselves. <laughs> and um, so we just highly, you know, encourage you, we'll jump into the challenge in a moment, but to just kind of take a look at that in your life, you know, where are, 
how can you enhance those connections that you do have uh, to those sort of three major areas in kind of each of our lives. That sums it up. Good summary. Challenge time. Yay. Oh, Sonia, your your turn to do the jingle. Oh, no. Um... Challenge. That was probably so loud. Oh, okay. It's going to be great, though. (laughs) (laughs) We apologize for your ears, your eardrums. Okay, the challenge this week, it's not so much a weekly challenge, but no, it is. It is. The challenge for this week is to do one short mindful breathing practice. So we could say that at least five minutes. And So we talked about this a little bit, but basically this is a time for you to sit or lay down, uh, find a comfortable position, and all you're doing is focusing on your breathing. That's it. Your mind may wander off, but you just bring it right back to your breath. So you do that for five minutes. If you can go longer, that's wonderful, but just choose one time, one day this week, to practice that practice. And uh, if you're, you know, thinking to yourself, oh, this sounds nice, but uh, I'd love a guided practice. Well, you're in luck. Uh, we have, we put together a five-minute mindful breathing practice for you to check out. And it kind of walks you through the, the process, the simple process of focusing on your breath. So we'll, we'll definitely link to that also in the show notes. If you are someone who already has like an established mindful breathing practice, maybe this is something you do on the daily our recommendation or the challenge for you this week is to do something different. Try something new. Maybe one of the things we've we've talked about. Maybe it's uh, doing a, like a 15-minute journaling session or five-minute journaling session or spending some time in nature, some solo time in nature or yoga or Tai Chi or trying some, some sort of different thing that is novel and fun and uh, an opportunity to learn. Awesome. That's the challenge. What are you going to do this week, Sonia? Hmm. I think I would like to try. I think. I mean, I don't have a breathing meditation practice right now, so I'm gonna go for that and and maybe try to do it a couple days. Um, trying to figure out what time would be best. Probably either first thing in the morning or right before bed. I'm gonna say first thing in the morning for Ooh, me. Okay. What day? Good question. I'm gonna go for Friday morning. Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Got it. What about I'll you? check in with you. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> keep me accountable. I'll keep you accountable. I think for me, you know, I, I think for me is, um, I'm gonna do. I think a little journaling time. That sounds nice. I think journaling slash like some sort of creative. Like take a journal outside for a few minutes. Write down some thoughts, reflective style. Maybe draw a bird. Mm. I'm gonna do some more jur- journaling stuff. Less less body stuff, more journaling. Love it. What day? What day? Saturday morning. Hmm. Yeah, at ten thirty a.m. Okay. <laughs> Good. Very specific. Very specific. Okay. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Nature Unplugged podcast. That also wraps up our three-part series on lost connections and how to make those connections stronger. So thanks so much for listening to the Nature Unplugged podcast. We would love it if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It's super helpful for us. And you you can find our podcasts on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, basically wherever podcasts are are available. And you can connect with us directly um, at our website. And it's also our site has lots of 
similar resources and information. Again, that's www.natureunplugged.com. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. change like seasons out of our control if you think you should go I will let you go